0: This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast, due to continued complications with COVID across North America, the NLL decides to postpone week four. So in the meantime, Patty and I look back at 2021, look ahead to 2022, and answer your questions in this week's mailbag. All that more on OTCB. My name is Teddy Jenner, and welcome back for another year of National Lacrosse League action. Matthews,
1: quick stick. What? What?
0: everybody welcome back to another edition of the off the crossbar podcast he is pat Gregoire. i am teddy jenner happy holidays happy christmas happy new year um as this show goes on it might get a little depressing um, just because of everything that has happened in the past 24 48 hours as we're recording this um well, juniors has now officially been canceled um so everything is just going sideways uh, but it bringing up so many questions and a lot of unresolved answers, Um, but we're here to talk across. We'll do that as much as we can, Um, but just so you know, we're two pretty sad guys right now.
1: Yeah, and it sucks because it was quite the nice holiday. Uh, It obviously wasn't your, your normal holiday, but I think it was the closest to normal that we've had in the last couple of years and it was turning out to be quite the world juniors that we had. And then as we find out, uh, that thing is is done. It's canceled. I'm not going to get too much into the details because it will make my, my blood boil. But uh, <laughs> the IIHF, IIHF, man, they are having a brutal, brutal couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it hasn't been their best PR uh, way to end the season. Um, but did you know, groundbreaking news... Um, Owen power is going to be the first lacrosse player to ever go big in hockey. I think he's the first
1: lacrosse player to ever, or sorry, the first ever hockey player to actually touch a lacrosse stick. Yeah, I, I, I might have to, I might have to look that up. Someone might have to check my sources, but uh, I think that is the case.
0: I think, I think it was it Danny Springs might've broken it. That uh, yeah. Was, first
1: reported by Danny first,
0: Springs. First yeah. Danny Springs. Um, uh, let's get some things out of the way. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at P Greggie. I am at Teddy Jenner. The show is at OTCB underscore podcast, or you can check us out on Instagram. OTCB podcast. Um, Christmas was, as you kind of said, was, was a nice break from things. Uh, should the NLL have kind of foreseen this coming and, and just not play, not have these games scheduled, postponed them before Do you think? <laughs> I don't want to get too much into it, but we got to the point where was it Monday? um, They announced that the postponement of this week's games were coming. I know they really had hoped, but if you could just push three games back, give everybody two weeks, but you know, hindsight is, is what it is. Um, It's just unfortunate all around.
1: Yeah. I think that you could have assumed that, you know, with players coming back from the holidays, there was a good chance that there was going to be a surplus um, in cases and tests and but we didn't even really get to that point but it kind of seemed like maybe the nll was sitting on their hands for a little bit waiting to see what the other leagues did yeah and we saw the nba continue to truck through uh but we saw the national hockey league take another approach and you know they postponed a bunch of games and then you know even after the nll decided to postpone this week the nll or the NHL postponed another, I believe was nine games. But the thing with that was the nine games in Canada. Um, And those games are the games that, you know, have to do with the Canadian teams and have to deal with the fact that we're still dealing with capacity issues. And yes, their capacity issues are much different than the national lacrosse league because, you know, the NL, the NHL playing a game with, you know, nine to 8,000 is, is a huge difference, but for what we've seen so far with the start of the league uh, of this season, you know, that's, that's a pretty solid uh, showing, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's also the fact that in Ontario right now, you can't have food, you can't have drink. So that, that cuts a lot of revenue out for a game day. I mean, in Nova Scotia, they're not even allowed to have fans in the building. That's why we saw that game postponed earlier rather than later. So I think with all that being said, yeah, you, you probably could have postponed, but I mean, what is the difference by postponing mm. it a few days later or, or, you know, getting out in front of it. Now the big concern is should they have postponed next week games, knowing that, you know we're still dealing with some of those restrictions and we're still seeing the NHL postpone some games into the new year
0: yeah you know I think it's you kind of it's a very fluid situation for the national cross like I know the the last class last class boys talked about it this week on their show you know with with so many of these NOL teams being in NHL arena owned Arenas um or in the same buildings it's very you know simultaneous what's going to happen there is most likely going to happen in the national lacrosse league. And unfortunately, you know, with the majority of our players being in Canada crossing the border becomes an issue. So there's just a lot to go on and a lot to deal with. And I know everybody behind the scenes in the NLL is as sick of it as we all are. Um, and would just like to get these games underway. So um, again, Calgary, Halifax, postponed San Diego, Saskatchewan, postponed New York, Colorado, postponed San Diego, Saskatchewan's already been rescheduled to the 14th. I don't think the Halifax game has been yet, and I haven't seen if the Colorado game has been yet. Um, no, I haven't seen that yet either. But, you know, I think what this will end up doing is kind of like, you know, we saw with the that Halifax-New York game that had been rescheduled that's supposed to be played next week. Um, you're going to see a lot of teams start losing their bye weeks. You're going to see a lot of teams uh, losing or playing maybe some double headers if they have to. Um, And I think we might even see some midweek games when when it comes down to it, just to try to find a way to put games on the schedule. Make sure we play a complete season, because as everybody knows, um, not having a season this year would be absolutely detrimental um, after missing pretty much all of last season. So let's hope our let's keep our fingers crossed. Let's keep hoping that this is just a temporary thing. Something just to give us a little more leeway and then we can kind of hit the ground running um and, and keep this thing going forward in the new year. Um Calgary mentioned travel considerations um in their press release. So I don't know if it was there wasn't enough hotel rooms or 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 what or if it was canceled flights So there was a lot going on. Um and then on top of that, like you said, a lot of local regulations that, that kind of handcuffed a lot of teams. So um that was sort of the big news of the week and you know it it kind of puts a damper on all the things we want to talk about you know we're going to talk odds we're going to talk new year's eve games all that stuff so we're we are where we are so we're just going to kind of go through um some mailbag stuff some new year's resolutions um we'll talk some um different things that we normally wouldn't get to just because we have guests and stuff like that so um let's kind of just um get the big one out of the way the uh ourselves and um, the back of the bird boys uh, all asked for you to submit your mailbag questions. And we got a bunch of them in from you and we thank you all for those, but we also got the bird gang, um, Danny Lomas, Paulie Dawson kind of challenging us to a steel cage match. Um, I don't know your wrestling acumen Patty, but uh, I am deep in WWE lore. So I'm, I'm all for it. I mean,
1: I'm not nearly as deep as you you are, but once many moons ago, I mean, I was a huge, huge wrestling fan. Grew up in the Attitude Era. uh, Also jumped ship to the WCW during the NWO days. So I I know my fair share of wrestling and my fair share of wrestling moves, you know, have been in my fair share of sharpshooters. have given my fair share of Walls of Jericho. So I, I think... I might be at a slight size advantage, oh, yeah. but as we, we know, are
0: outmatched by Polly.
1: Absolutely. But as you know, the cruiser weights, they know how to <laughs> fly around the ring. So I, th- I think we will be able to defend ourselves. And as Dan Lomas said, or at least I, I got to assume that's who it was. If it's for the cottage spring prize pack that I am still owed, I will fight
0: to the death. Why do they owe you a cottage Springs care? Or price I want a contest. Oh. I want a
1: contest on Instagram with them. Uh, and uh Dan Lomas said, you no, know, hit me up. My DM said, congrats. We'll get that to you. Send me your, your address. Send it to him. I said, no rush. Don't worry about it. And he took that. No rush. <laughs> <and his heart. laughs> Every time I post an Instagram story, I get a message from him saying, God damn it. I still haven't sent it off. Ah, road. No worries. No worries. Now we're getting into the worries. So Dan, Paulie, we accept the cage match. We accept. I don't know if it's a pink slip match or if it's for the Cottage Spring prize pack, but we're in. We're in. Hell in a cell, baby.
0: Um, sidebar, if you are a wrestling fan, um, I don't know if it's you can find it on Cray, but I've, I have a series recorded. It's called The Dark Side of the Ring. Um, and they're little documentaries on, on stories from pro wrestling. And I watched one last night called The Collision in Korea. And it was Eric Bischoff, Rick Flair, the Steiner brothers, Scott Norton, Two Cold Scorpio, Hawk from the Legion of Doom, uh, a bunch of other people from the WCW wrestling faction, and Muhammad Ali were all invited to North Korea to participate in like a, a Sports for Peace demonstration that was put on by the North Korean government. And there are some absolutely wild stories in this. It was phenomenal. Um, if you can find it uh, on your PVR or your cable subscription package, I highly recommend it. It was an absolute gem. Um, all right let's let's do uh, team resolutions. Uh, we are coming to the new year um, and we're each going to give a couple resolutions for a, a few teams. I'll let you go first, Patty, this was kind of your idea. Um, what team and what is their resolution? All right,
1: so I I don't know if you have multiples, but if we can bounce back, Mm -hmm. I'll start, then you go. So I think the one that's closest, you know, to me, I I see a lot of Halifax Thunderbirds games. So I figure a team that I'm going to see a lot in the new year, why not go with that? And, you know, just because, you know, you're undefeated or just because maybe you're in great shape heading into the new year doesn't mean you can't set more goals. You can always get better. Um, you can always find different things to get better at. And I'm sure Halifax is thinking how they can get better, even though they're already two and zero. Well, one thing I know that coach Mike Kersey is hoping he gets in the new year is more production from his lefties, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Only two goals have been scored by offensive lefties this season. One was Nungo Thompson, who was a defender who was playing offense. And the other one was Eric Fennell, who actually scored with his right hand. <laughs> yeah. so technically, only one lefty goal from that offense with the talent they have. Yes, Cody Jameson certainly is going to solve that. Uh, but Kyle Jackson, no goals. Steph LeBlanc, no goals. Uh, this is just, you know, this can't happen. Um, yes, there are 2-0 oh right now. And yes, uh, it seems to be working, but down the stretch in the postseason, wherever it may be, you need to get contributions from both sides. Clark Peterson's having an unbelievable year. Um, Bushy's having a career year. These guys are going to hit a wall at some point, whether that wall is just a game, two games, there are going to be nights where the righties, it's just not clicking for them. Mm-hmm. And that's where the lefties are going to need to step up. I think that is going to be huge if this team wants to go on a championship run, Gillies, Campbell, Bell, those are the other lefties scored. but they're transition players. The offense needs some goals from the lefties jammer coming back, certainly going to help. Uh, but I think that's one thing that Halifax can get better in 2022.
0: Um, I'm going to stick with uh, an offensive theme. I'm going to stick with a sort of Steph LeBlanc theme, uh, obviously a former member of the New England black wolves knee Albany firewolves Um, they need to find goals and they are struggling offensively eight goals per game in two games. Uh, Andrew Q is their leading point getter. He's got eight and he has five of their, I think 20 odd goals. He pretty much has 20% of their offensive output. Next is Joe Reza Terrence, Riley O'Connor and Colton Watkinson all three with five. Then you get Malcolm and Downing with three. Walkinson, Malcolm, and Downing are sort of back end guys. Malcolm can play both ways, but Downing and Ma- and Walkinson are, are, are back end guys. And, and Walkinson, yes, can run, and, and Downs can run. But you know, Jacob Rue with only two goals um, is a big concern. Uh, Jordy Durston with only two assists is a big concern. Yes, they lost Callum Crawford. Yes, they lost Steph LeBlanc. But we all thought that would allow players like Rez and Q and O'Connor to really take their game to another level. And we haven't seen it yet. So for 2022, I know Glenn Clark would like to see his offense, find some cohesion and find that offensive scoring touch that had them as one of the best offenses in the league in the last few years. Yes, again, no Callum, no Steph, but let's see what this group can do because after a slow start, your defense isn't playing great. Your goal is not playing great. Your offense isn't playing great. Now it's time to see if this team is for real and try to find some goals.
1: I'm going to stick with Albany here because I love that one. But another one I think that can help maybe the offense struggles a little bit is if we get Doug Jamison from two, from one season ago, two years ago, back in form. And he hasn't been bad. He hasn't been great, though. He hasn't been elite. And that's what we've learned over the past couple of seasons with Doug Jamison. Um, you know, a 1309 Goals against average, 0.752 save percentage, 0-2 and record. That's just not Dougie Jamison numbers. And he got himself in tremendous shape. Uh, He is in his best shape of his life. Um, He looked like he was ready to go. And I don't know, maybe... If he's adjusting to his new body, maybe that's something that that kind of has happened. Or maybe the defense is just not playing the way that has been able to help Doug Jamison see the ball better and see those shots. But for me, we just have not seen the Jamison that we're used to seeing. And I'm not hitting the panic button by any stretch of the imagination. But I think if Albany is going to dig themselves out of the hole, the guy who's going to help them the most will be their MVP from last season. In Jamison, and I think he's a guy that they can rally around. And like I said, if the offense maybe is just not going to be as good as it was last year, well, a way that they can rally and pick pick things up is from their defense and from their goaltender of the year in Doug
0: Jamison. See, I'm going to stick with goaltenders, um, and I'm going to kind of pile a few guys into one resolution. This won't be a team resolution, I guess it kind of is, but more specifically for Dougie, for Mike Poulin, Zach Higgins, and Christian Del Bianco, And I'm even going to throw Adam shoot in there. These guys all have negative goals scored against average. And this is a Ty marrow, super nerd stat. But Ooh. if those teams are going to be successful and get back to the level of play that they had, they need their goaltenders with a save percentage higher than 0.78. And they need a goal scored against average in the positives. So as of right now, Shoots a .759. You mentioned Dougie's .752. Pooley's .742. Higgies .744. And Delbs is a .73 save percent. Delbs' goal scored against average is negative 7.98. He's nearly 16 points behind league leader Alex Bukin, who's an 8.7. So we all expect Calgary to be good because of Delves and Philly because of Hig and Georgia because of Pooley Albany because of Dougie and Saskatchewan's relying on Adam shoot to be that guy. But if their numbers aren't going to be above 0.8, save percentage and in the positive for goal scored against average, those five teams are going to struggle and it is going to be because their goaltenders didn't get it done.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's, I think that's a great, resolution for all those goaltenders and the good thing about that as well is they're not you know again going off the theme you know you're not going to set a goal that you can't achieve you're not setting something you're setting yourself up for failure you know saying I'm not going to eat candy for the rest you know all of 2022 you might say I'm going to cut some things out or I'm going to eat better or I'm going to lose you know 15 pounds you're not saying I'm going to lose 115. You're setting goals that you can achieve. And I think these are goals that these goalies can achieve. We know they're elite goals. We know Christian Delbianco is the best young budding goaltender in the league. We know Doug Jamison is right there with him uh, as the the future of the National Lacrosse League in net. We just need them to turn things around. And what better than a fresh start in 2022 for these guys?
0: Uh, Okay, I got one more. Um, I'm going to stick out West. Um, I would like to see Zach Mann scoring more goals for the Toronto Rock. Guy only has seven shots on net all year, Um, but I'm going to focus on a Western team. That's the Vancouver Warriors. They need to get Adam Charlambetis more involved in this offense. He is only one goal, two assists in the three games he's played. The one goal was the game winner in the season opener against San Diego. And when Brad and I talked with Chris Gill before the game two weekends ago, he said to us, we need to get he knew and he knows it that they need to get him more involved in the offense. And he said to us that they're gonna to try to run him in the two-man game more. And then as the game went on, we even noticed it. They hardly ran any two-man game on that right hand lefty shooter side. So I think going into the new year, they need to find a way to either split up Jonesy and Logan and you know put Logan with uh uh with Beatties and maybe Mitch with Lowen or however you're gonna do it, but you need to find a way to get Adam Charlene, Charlene Beatty's more involved because to come in with the, with all the high praise that he had, yes, he hadn't played box in a number of years. He was in college for seven years, but it doesn't take away the fact that he knows the indoor game and knows how to play this game. He just needs to figure out how to play the NLL style of lacrosse. And I think getting him more involved in the two man game, freeing him up, letting him use his size, his athletic ability, like you need him to have more than one goal and three points through three games.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, with that as well, for, for me, it's we're seeing like, we're seeing the flashes of brilliance. We're just not seeing enough. So we know the tools are there. It's not like he's looked completely out of place um, and he's just not, you know, he's just not getting it. We're seeing it. It's just, you know, The ball's not sinking for him. And like you said, we're just not seeing the opportunities for him as much as we probably would have seen. So I I think that one's a great one. Uh, And the, the other one, the last one for, for me is just New York. They need to figure things out, whether it's team defensive or bringing in another goalie, maybe to push some of these goalies. You know, 41 goals against in three games, just not going to cut it when you're a team that's supposed to be on the cusp uh, of making uh, the playoff. So that's the one I was going to trickle in there as well. You know, you have Dan Latisseur as your head coach. You have Jim Veltman as your general manager, two guys that were on one of the best defensive units for many years. They know what's going to need to be taken to get in that next step um it's just the players are going to have to achieve that on the floor how that happens i'm not too sure um but 41 goals against in 3 games certainly not good enough for them themselves but also i know their coaching staff and general manager certainly not pleased with that as well
0: yeah steve Orleman, 14.39 goals against goa abrams uh 12.19 goals against so definitely need their goaltenders to round out and that was my concern for them at the start of the season was i didn't think their goaltending was good enough to make them a contender at all um and early on it's kind of proving to be their achilles heels um going into the season and into 2022 um maybe we should have done this the other way around um done 2021 storylines before we did the resolutions for the new year but um what are your sort of the main storylines for the season? And it's funny, we talked about this before, but when I was going through and making notes, I literally was like, okay, what happened in 2021? Uh, Ireland gave up their spot for the Um, the NLLPA rebranded and they had new presidents. So I'm like, oh crap, those were all in 2020. Not a lot <laughs> happened in 2021. So there's not a lot to kind of look back on and review, but there were some very um, important moments for our game, for our league and and the sport of lacrosse overall. I think the big one for me
1: is the announcements and the deals with Mm -hmm. TSN north of the border and in America and across the world, ESPN plus. This gave the opportunity for fans that have never really seen the game or maybe have, you know, saw a couple of highlights on YouTube or whatever it may be, or maybe they were fans of the game years ago when the game was on, you know, linear linear TV. This allows the game that we know, you and I, all the lacrosse nerds know how beautiful of a game it really is. But this now gives them the opportunity, whether it's on their laptop, on their TV, whatever it may be, they have the access now just on a random Saturday night or a Sunday afternoon or a Friday night, they can come across lacrosse and see the game and fall in love with it and maybe become, you know, a season ticket holder or maybe buy tickets to their hometown's team. It's so massive. It's so huge to grow the game. Um, And I think for me, my second storyline is the chaos winning the PLL (laughs) and I'll tie this into the NLL. I don't know if we have ever seen a hype so much in lacrosse Twitter for an NLL season with fans south of the border and not yeah. even necessarily NLL fans, but PLL fans, college lacrosse fans, because the chaos won. And there was, you know, these guys that they never even heard of the, you know, Chase Frasers the Ryan Smiths, they, they, you know, who are these guys that are scoring ridiculous goals or, Oh man, Dane Smith is more than just, you know, a depth midfielder from a couple of years ago on the chaos. They're seeing these guys play Kyle Jackson. Yes. And they have these other guys that I've mentioned have had cups of coffee in the PLL before, Uh, but on this team in Andy Towers' system that allows them to play that box hybrid on the field, opened up their eyes and said, wow, there are really, really special players playing this league. And they've, kind of honed in their talent in the box game i need to see this i gotta find a team so i think those two kind of go hand in hand Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of the hype that we've seen on twitter have come from these new box lacrosse fans that were previous fans of the game or as i should say regular lacrosse (laughs) regular lacrosse and now
0: they're fans of the box game
1: so those two kind of go
0: yeah. Um, and, and those were a couple I had. I think the other one, um, and this is an NLL grand scale, grand scale thing, was, you know, we've had the expansion back into New York and back to sort of Halifax slash into Rochester. Um, we now get Panther City, which is huge because we're getting sort of into the, the South Midwest, if that's actually a, a region that's being called things. Um <laughs> But I, the announcement of Vegas was huge mm-hmm. just to go to Vegas in general and to be, you know, the, the third real pro league to go there um, in, in men's sports. But to have the ownership and not just Joe Side, but to bring along Wayne Gretzky and Steve Nash and Dustin Johnson along with you, like there was so much buzz through the social media world um, I don't really think people expected it to get as much notoriety as it did. Yeah, it was great that, that we're bringing along those three names, but the amount of uh, momentum that picked up for the league when those three gentlemen were announced to be in partnership with Joe Psy for this Vegas team, um, I thought was so big for our sport. Uh, I don't know if we've reached the magnitude of it yet. No,
1: and I think... And we'll, I'll be quite honest, I think that the big name or the most important name of that ownership deal was Joe Josiah, because he's the guy that's involved lacrosse. He already has a team. He knows how the league works. He's a very powerful man in the game of lacrosse, but Josiah's not bringing all the page views. He's not bringing all the clicks. He's not the guy that everyone wanted to see, like Wayne Gretzky, mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson. Steve Nash, those are the the, the names that the casual sports fan is excited to see. And yes, Joe Cy owns an NBA team as well. And he is a very big name in sports, but he's not the name of the others. And I think the combination of the guy who already has the experience of running a team um, who has the connections in the sports world with also the names who also do have connections in the sports world, Mm -hmm. obviously (laughs) as well. Um, but those guys are more, you know, of figureheads. And I think the big thing with that as well with Wayne Gretzky and Steve Nash is these aren't guys that are just like, Hey, this is cool. I'm putting, you know, here's my money. I'm going to sit back and relax. This is Wayne Gretzky throwing the ball at the press conference, going BTB, like showing that he's like, I played this game and he's been on the record many times before saying, you know, how much he's loved, loved the game of lacrosse growing up and how it helped him hone a lot of his skills in hockey uh and and so that just brings some you know just it it brings a little more reputation um to them bringing that team in and i just think that was probably the most monumental moment for the league in the last couple of years up until the tsn deal um but you know i think that moment there also helped the tsn and the espn deal as well knowing that there's going to be a team in vegas with the ownership group that they had. In
0: I want to know what the the questions were like to Dustin Johnson, when he got to like the PGA tour locker room, like that week, you know, you can understand hockey guys and Wayne Gretzky again, you know, Steve Nash, he's from here in Victoria might be a little different in the NBA locker room. Maybe they're like, what the heck are you doing coach? But you know, what, what's a guy like, you know, Justin Thomas or Spieth, you know, asking JT, like, what the hell is this national lacrosse thing you're getting <laughs> involved in? And and but opening up to those eyes, right? Like now you're you're not just opening it up to new fans, you're you're opening the game up to other athletes that are in these other pro sports that may have never seen a lacrosse game and really understand what it is. So um, like I said, the the grand scheme and the grand scale of this announcement and the investors that were a part of it, um, just have so many hands reaching out throughout the world that um, it, it was just a, a, an incredible moment for our league to have that happen. And I'm super excited to see what they do in the future. Um, you know, they're all all accounts and purposes. They kind of have their guy that's going to kind of lead them uh, on the floor and off of it, um, but they still don't have a name yet. They've kind of been teasing it out when they want to announce it. Um, but, um, you know, I guess that's something we can look forward to in 2022
1: any ideas on what you think no. the name should be no
0: i don't <laughs> i have
1: no idea either i have um, no idea i will say we were talking about lax class earlier on yeah brad's do you say the sand devils the sand devils i yeah, don't hate that bad. i don't hate that um i think the I, aces is good but i don't know aces, that's no that's done
0: the done women's basketball team i looked it up there yes
1: okay there you go i felt like i've heard that before yeah yeah the, the, the
0: WNBA difficult. team is the vegas aces there you go so that won't work no um, yeah uh it could be anything right like do you do you focus on gambling like a gambling moniker do you do the hot you know jumbo was leaning towards you know they're they're saying coming in hot is their tagline so does that mean it's going to be something along those lines but um who knows you know i, I never would have expected panther city lacrosse club so mm. um i'm just gonna kind of refrain from taking a stab i haven't thought about it much um but you know, the Vegas gamblers, kinda whatever, right?
1: Yeah, I just I, I feel I feel like anytime, even if there is a name that's thrown out there and it's a good fan suggestion. These guys already have. Yeah, they have so to have many. some. They, they pay people a lot of dollars to
0: make those decisions.
1: Yeah, and there's those, yeah, there's there's group studies that are going on and, and yeah, there's a lot of money going. They're not just going to pick a random name. They're putting so much time, effort, and, like you said, money into deciding what's the best name um to have for this team. And then that goes into, I'd be more interested once the name is, is Color announced. Scheme. Color Scheme logo i swear to god teddy if we get <laughs> another purple team i will <laughs> i don't know what i will do i i can't have another purple team
0: can't happen uh san diego panther city halifax yes three of 15 three of 14
1: yeah and i love and i love purple don't get me wrong i think all like you know purple is a great color but like let's let's get a little bit of you know like albany perfect example they go a completely different color scheme we have not seen uh you know in lacrosse or in the national lacrosse league let's get something that we haven't seen before Uh, automatically with vegas you kind of think like oh black gold silver something like that. then you're like oh wait vancouver already has that so it's like i don't know maybe they they try something different that that's off the page but still has that tie to you know the vegas the bright
0: lights and all the flash i don't know I look forward to it. I, 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 I am not paid enough money to make those decisions, thankfully. Um, but uh, I, I really think they will do something just incredible with it all. I don't think you mm-hmm. could miss. Going into that market, you can't miss. You know what I mean? Like, you can't no, you go can't. to Vegas and say, here's our brand new team. And this is our name. This is our logo. These are our colors. And they're just like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> You know? Yeah um all right uh we open it up to all, all of you um we got some great questions to the otc mailbag otcb mailbag um where do you want to start here who do you want to go with first
1: uh well there was i think all the first off thanks to yeah. all the listeners and uh twitter followers for for throwing out these these questions and i'm going to be a little bit biased here and i'm going to go i know and you know what shout out to the flashers we got a couple of contributors uh, the Vegas Royals. Flashers. Oh, a little sponsor, <laughs> a little sponsor. That's <laughs> uh, probably a little bit out of our budget, but yeah, I, hey, that could maybe work. Um, no, but uh, uh, Ty, our guy Ty, our, our guest from last week, he had a good one. How do we feel about continued expansion? Yeah,
0: and and go ahead, I'll I, let you, well, I'll it. Let so you go, go, go first because I know no, where no, I stand no. on this. You go first, you go okay. First. Fine. I, And I have maybe a solution, but um, I am on record saying that, you know, we need to be very careful with how quickly we grow. And I know the last time the NLL really did a deep dive into expansion, we kind of hit that peak at 13 and then we lost a bunch of teams and the league went to a dark place for a couple of years. And now we've kind of grown our way back. And Nick Sakevich has done an incredible job bringing in um, great ownership, you know, his three pillars, ownership, you know, fan base and arena, everything he's done so far has been great. I just think as a league, we need to be very careful with how quickly we expand because the player pool while is deep ish, it's not um, grade A deep enough. You know what I mean? What I'm trying to say, the depth of talent isn't deep enough, especially in the goaltending position, as we've seen, as we continue to expand finding a-level starting goaltenders isn't easy. And I think we need to be very careful with how quickly we go and how big we get because we don't want to saturate that pool so deep that our entry teams and our expansion teams and our, you know, our early season teams continue to struggle as those years goes on because we all know fans want to come see a winning team, especially an expansion team. And, yes, we know they're going to struggle. But if that team struggles for three or four years – then it's not doing a good service in that market. And I think that will be an issue we run into. I want to hear your thoughts um, before I give my solution, because I, my my solution may kind of coincide with what you're thinking. But overall, I, I think we need to be very careful. The commissioner says what he wants to get to 20 teams by the end of the decade or something like that. Like, so that's what I was going to say. 22
1: yeah. teams by the end of the decade and 30 teams by 20, 20,
0: 35. Yeah, that's that's a lot, man. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's Okay, so I know, you want I to know get to 20, 20. 15 coming in next year. You put just, so 25 guys times 15, quick math. What, that's like 700 and something? I don't know. I don't, I'm not good at math. How many players? Not a bad guy. guy. Okay. Ty, where are you? But, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're about to add... Um, so that's eight times 25, that's 200 more players to a player pool. And I don't know where you're going to find that many players over the next five years or eight years to keep the level of play of where it is, because you're going to lose the older group. You're going to continually bring guys in, but is there enough guys coming in that will be able to saturate that 200 roster spots? My quick thoughts right
1: away would say, no, there's not based on everyone that's playing box lacrosse right now. Can you continue to grow guys like Charlie Bertrand, uh, Tom Schreiber, these guys that have zero box lacrosse experience experience, and bring them up. If you can find more of these guys and get them committed to playing box lacrosse, I think your solution, hopefully this isn't your solution, but it's diving into the American pool. Mm. Um, But what, Will not be able to happen, and it's my biggest concern. Is the goaltending? Yeah. It is so much harder for an American goalie to just strap on. It's a different sport. Like that, you can't you can't just grab a field lacrosse goalie and put him in net and just hope that some of his skills will, will translate. Like an attackman, you know, trying to play forward or getting a short stick d midi to become a defender or a transition player, it just will not work. Mm-hmm. So my big thing with Expansion too quickly is goaltending. I don't think the pool of goaltending is deep enough just yet. I think if we get up to 16 teams in the next, let's say, three years, let's let's hold at that because right now, the way the game is with the way the league is right now, there is so much parity and it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a couple more draft class coming in next year. And I think this, this 16, this, let's call it a sweet 16 number. I think is perfect for us to stick with right now. Let's not try to go too much. Let's worry. like, Like, let's get to 16. Let's, let's, let's stand at that. And then let's slowly trickle in those other teams.
0: You know, if we get to 16, if you can find a way to get to 16 and even out East and West as best you can. Right. So our numbers uh, in the division are, are very similar. So you can have sort of balanced schedules. Um, mm-hmm. I think that is huge. I just, I'm just worried because I've seen it happen. I've been a part of it happening. Um, again, I, I know the league has done a good job and who they bring in as ownership, which is fantastic. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm just worried for all the reasons <laughs> that, that, that you mentioned and I mentioned, but here's my solution. I don't know if it's much of the solution. We talked to Jessica Berman on the show uh, a few weeks back before the season, and I asked her, how can we keep these kids a part of teams longer as instead of having them drafted, be a part of a team, then get cut, and then they're free agents? What if heading into a season you had your entry draft for all your kids coming out of college, but then you had sort of a street free agent draft? So all the guys that are playing in the ALL that aren't property to anybody, those guys can get redrafted. And so instead of having them as free agents and, and signing, why not just have a draft and all those guys can get drafted to another team? And now they are part of that team, but if they don't make it, you know, their ALL rights are, are with that team. Does that make sense?
1: It does. I think it, I definitely think it does. And I think the ALL now that it's in, in the West, I think we're going to be able to see uh, maybe the, 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 the traditional farm system that we see in the national Lacro- or national hockey league and the, the American hockey league, maybe that's something that works. If, you know, if you get drafted to let's say the Toronto rock um, you don't make the team instead of getting cut, and now you're a street free agent, maybe for two years, your property, property of, let's say the Toronto Monarchs in the AL, yeah. or you know Vancouver gets a team in the AL West, and if you know, say if Toronto drafts a, a a a kid who's from out west, he doesn't want to play, then Toronto can then trade his ALL rights to a team out West, you know, loan the rights out there. And then that's the way you can have guys, you know, from Ontario going, you know, being able to stay at home and still play. Um, And then I think getting these American guys to maybe play a season of ALL because not everyone's Tom Schreiber, not everyone's Charlie Bertrand, and not everyone can make a commitment to coming up in the summer and playing, uh, you know, a couple of years of junior or playing in the
0: WLA or major series lacrosse. I can't Maybe have. U.S. box and ALL can find a way to like. We have the college box league, which is awesome. But what about those guys out of college? I think there needs to be those guys that are out of college that want to give it a shot. And they can't make teams that are getting cut out of camp and are real close. We need to find a way to keep those guys playing during this season.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So having like an American ALL division would be fantastic. Then you could have ALL West, you know, ALL Ontario, ALL USA, or whatever you want to call it however you want to you know make it happen um and you can just keep guys playing along but i think it would just just be a way for teams to have more bodies in their system and i think it kind of opens up the player pool a little bit um so so that's our expansion thoughts you let us know how you feel um i don't know if too many people would agree that continuing to expand is the right model for now No, i I, I mean from a financial
1: point it's great but like we we don't need to go on it too much but clearly what like we are at the product that we have right now is so good so i just don't know why you'd want to stretch out the talent that we have right now i just don't think that's the answer
0: um, you, you kind of hinted at it ab- about Americans in the National Cross League. Our boy Jordan Johnson uh, wants to know which American has looked the best so far. I think we might have the same guy, um, and Mr. Charlie Bertrand. Well, I think he's
1: the best new American player, and I think mm-hmm. that's certainly the case. He's been unbelievable, he's blown me away. I talked about him last week. Um, I think he has now entered himself into the conversation for rookie of the year. Um, Obviously the health of Jeff Teat with COVID once he comes off protocol, which I got to assume, because it feels like it's been a million years ago that we saw him get onto that list with the buys and post moments, but you know, 10 points in three games, um, two shorthanded goals. uh, uh, He's six goals, four assists. Like he's been unbelievable and he's been scoring Box lacrosse goals. It's not just an American guy going on the power play, ripping a shot from the outside, or you know, dodging down the alley and scoring. He is—he's clearly shown that he is able to pick up the game. I talked about him how he's a a special, unique player, like a Tom Schreiber, who's been able to figure it out quickly. Um, But boy, he looks like he's played a couple of summers of junior, or maybe he's played some some MSL up here. But this is—you know—he's played three. What is it? Three regular season games. And I believe he only played one exhibition game. Yeah, that. it's yeah. impressive stuff. that they were saying overall, American Tom Schreiber. I think before he went out on COVID protocol, he was on pace uh, to potentially be. And I think he still could, if it's only one game he, he misses, that he could be in that race for the scoring leader for the MVP. Um, he, when he's healthy, that Toronto Rock offense is so so much better. Mm-hmm. And when he's healthy, he is one of the best players on the planet, straight up indoor outdoor. He's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. I will uh, agree with you on all of those counts. Uh, Let's see what else is in the mailbag, Patrick, Uh,
1: which team has been the biggest surprise for better or for worse. That's our boy, Ryan from the lax flash from GLE. So another one of our guys.
0: And I think this is a great question. I'll let you go first. What do you think? Um, I have two. I think it's it's Vancouver and Albany are the, the big surprises for me. Um Albany owned two, and, and we talked about them when we were doing our, our New Year's resolutions for teams, um, of how they can get better. Um, for me, it's Vancouver. Yes, they made uh vast improvements, bringing in Mitsuki and, and Macintosh. Um, you know, they trade away Beersy and everyone kind of thought, you know, what's going on there? Um, they bring in Riley Lowen, they get Sherlyn Beattie's, they get Reed Bowering, and, and Bowering has just been um one of the best rookies period and maybe one of the best players period uh, in the national Cross league this year to see them start, you know, two and one, you know, they win their first two games. You know, when you looked at the schedule, you probably maybe thought they could have been one and two, two and one, maybe three and oh, it obviously could have gone either way ifs and buts. Right. But I think it was a pleasant surprise to see them start as positively as they did. But as we get into the new year, I want to see if they're for real. I want to see if this is a team that can continue to put up strong numbers and continue to, to win those all-important games. You know, they go into San Diego. They take on a team that was was sort of a new structured offense, um, and they they handled them pretty easy. But it was because of Mitch Jones going off in the fourth quarter, or in the second half at least. The Their second game, they routed Panther City, but they let them back in that game kind of late because they took the foot off the gas. Then their third game at home, their home opener against Saskatchewan, they're in a back and forth game and, and they just, you know, they didn't catch many breaks um, and they only scored what, seven goals. So I want to know if this team is for real. It is a, a very positive surprise for me to see that they're playing as well as they are. I think I'm on record as saying Chris Gill was going to be head coach of the year uh, at year's end. Um, and I think he, he's he got his team playing Some absolutely fantastic lacrosse, but can they keep it up when they go into the new year? Because they're going to be playing some very tough games uh, as the season goes on. And we know how tough that division is going to be Mm -hmm. as only three teams are going to make it unless that fourth place team has a better record in the East. So if they can, it it could be one, uh, you know, it's going to continue to surprise me. Um, but I really want to see if they're for real. I,
1: that's for me, no doubt. It's Vancouver. And I think I, I said, you know, Mitch Jones was going to potentially be my MVP. He was going to possibly be, you know, uh, lead of the league in scoring. Uh, I said, the offense was going to be, you know, the real heartbeat of this team. So I knew they were going to be able to score goals. What has surprised me is the play of, Alex bouquet yeah. in this defense, 25 goals against in three games. This, this team's completely bought into the system um, that Chris Gill and the coaching staff has have established. Um, and obviously you got to give a ton of credit to, uh, to bouquet. Like he's been unbelievable. Yes. He, he has, has been so good. He's been, you know, way better than I ever could imagine him has been. And I've been a big, I'll I'll be honest. I've been a big doubter of his game. Um, at, the, at least at the National Lacrosse League level. I did not really foresee the way that they handled the goaltending situation, the way that it was going to pan out. But boy, they, they doubled down on him and he has been impressive. And I totally agree. This is the biggest surprise for me. Uh, but through three games, if they continue to play like this, there should be no surprises because the defense, the Soak squad, they're playing great defense. They're blocking shots. Bouquet's bailing them out whenever they can. And we know how good that offense is. Uh, they're, they're showing it. This is this is the team that is not only competing for a playoff, but they're they're on the brink of potentially, you know, winning the West and and maybe going on a on a deep playoff run
0: here. Oh, Tyson would never let me live that down because that was oh, his hot God, take, his spicy God, hot I take. Know. And every time Vancouver's winning, he always asks me, "How's his hot take looking?" So I'll never hear I ending. will say, I don't know if we gave him
1: enough, or anyone really gave him enough grief. He mushed them. He said that way too early. I think he tweeted you. While the game was still going yeah. on. Yeah, he said, oh, how's that lost. How's
0: that take looking? And they ended up losing. Yeah, so he Pretty pushed them. If it wasn't for him, they'd be Maybe. 3-0 right yeah. now. Yeah. Blame Tyson. Um, this one isn't much of a question, but it's from a, a tweet from our boy, Adam Levy, at Adam Levy Sports uh, on Twitter, where he says, there should be a lacrosse game on Boxing Day. It could be like NFL games on Thanksgiving in the U.S. It would give prominence to Canada's official summer sport in a truly authentic Canadian way. NLL on ESPN and TSN Sports on Boxing Day. Um, and so he and I kind of fleshed it out a bit. You know, how would you do it? Who would you have the matchup being? Um, and he said, why not pit the two all- top Alterna Cup teams from the year before in that game? Because you would know who they are. You could easily just plant it in on that day in Boxing Day, especially if it, you know, fell on a weekend. Um, but I would love to see that. I think it's an absolutely fantastic idea. You know, sure, you would probably go up against, you know, the World Junior opening game. That's usually when Canada plays. But you could find a way to get that game in on Boxing I think it would be fantastic.
1: Well, if this TSN deal um, continues on past whatever it's been signed for. Three years. Three years. So you would have two years after this year to figure that out. You'd be able to say if. And I'm not too sure. I I don't want to talk about the world juniors because it's still (laughs) standing. I'm not too sure where next year's tournament is, if it has been decided, but let's say if it's over in Europe, the game is going to be either in the morning or the afternoon. So you have that night slot for the NLL, or let's say next year, it's back in North America. So the Canada game is going to be at seven. TSN would find a way to, you know, make this NLL game, not going against, team canada's opening game so you could have an afternoon game why not have an afternoon nll game leading up into the world juniors you could uh, easily it's supposed to be in russia
0: 2023 so, uh, supposed to be in russia so there you go so it'll be in
1: the morning so people will watch their their world junior game in the morning or maybe the early afternoon then you know seven o'clock rolls around boom love it you've got an nl game maybe it's you know halifax taking on saskatchewan um, and you know, one of those places uh, you'd have a, a rocking building. Um, you know, you know, have it on TSN, and uh, you know, it's still not technically a, a holiday, but a lot of people have that day off. So if it was a Tuesday or it was a you know a Thursday or whatever, you'd be able to figure out ways um, you know to get the players there, but also you'd also have you know people at home watching these games, or even better butts and seats watching it live
0: of course december 26 2022 is a monday <laughs> we're gonna have a all monday right, well, game everybody yeah, there you go <laughs> we're gonna have a monday game um all right um our boy washed up Laxbro on twitter wants to know what's your favorite book um the i honest hand to the lord i read one book in 2021 and it was medicine game by delby Palmas. And yeah. I highly recommend it. Um, it is a phenomenal book. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, it's the only book I read, but it was a, a fantastic read. So that is my vote for favorite book. Uh, was Medicine Game by NLL legend Delby Palace.
1: Yeah, and that's mine too. And and I got it for Christmas last year. Uh, it was on my list. It took me you know a month and a bit to actually pick it up and read it. But once I picked it up, I I couldn't put it down. It was an unbelievable read. It was, it was a great story. And even if you're not a lacrosse fan, which, you know, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you weren't. Um, But I tell a lot of my friends who are just, you know, sports fans and to read this book because it transcends, much further than the game of lacrosse. And um,
0: I think maybe my 2022 book of the year was going to be a Christmas gift that I got there year, this year from Bruce McDonald, uh, who was a local West coast yeah. author who gave me the Minto and man uh, book, the untold stories of lacrosse's dynastic teams. Um, I was super surprised when he reached out to me, he had uh, written the book, the salmon bellies versus the world, which is sort of a look back on the, The history of the new Westminster Salmon Bell is the Cross Club, the storied franchise, still looking for their 25th Man Cup title. But the fact they have 24 is just still mind boggling. Um, (laughs) But it it, but so he had reached out to me and said, hey, I've worked on this new book. I'd love to send you a copy. Um, And I I was dumbfounded. I said, absolutely. I would love to check it out. And it, it came I think it came on Boxing Day. And uh, I just keep looking at it. I keep just flipping through pages to see some of the pictures and and the teams that are in there and reading some of the out, you know, the inserts that are that are a part of it. And I've already had people, you know, message me. Who, where can I get it? How'd you get it? Um, his name's Bruce McDonald. Um, I don't know where you can get it. I'm sorry. He, he reached out to me, he's the author. Um, maybe it will be in store soon, might be on Amazon soon, but um Minto and Man, the uh, untold stories of lacrosse's dynastic teams. It's phenomenal. And so, I, so I get, you know, Tory Gardner and a couple other guys that go, where's the 2015 Shamrocks team? And I'm like, well, it's kind of dynasties. And that wasn't falling into those dynasty categories. So it's not every team that's won a man to a man. It's just teams who have had, have won four or more within a 10 year time frame um so it's absolutely phenomenal so if you can find it i highly recommend it if i find any more information from bruce and where you can get it i will let everybody know
1: i just found it typed it into google you can get it from walmart you can get the hardcover copy 35.99 there you go but if you're more of an ebook guy it's on um you can get it on on google um, and then you can also, it actually looks like you can get it directly from Freed's and press, which I assume is the yeah. publisher who made it. Uh, you can get the paperback copy as well. Or like I said, if you're an ebook fan, you can get it on Apple books or Google play as well too. Yeah.
0: Um, fantastic. Last one. This is another time arrow. Uh, we'll just make this one quick because we continue to drag things out. Um, what's your best booze when you're needing the best booze drink? Oof. I mean, I'm generally
1: like a a, a beer guy, um, but um, I've kind of started to dabble into the whiskeys, some scotches, uh, but Dwayne Gretzky maple cask whiskey. Nice. I yeah. got that as a Christmas okay. gift or, or a pre-Christmas gift, I guess I should say. I think it was a housewarming gift. Um, had that, just have it on the rocks. Really, really nice. Guy yeah. has that nice maple taste to it. Big, big fan of it
0: uh everybody knows i'm a bourbon guy so whether it's maker's mark or whether it's bullet basil hayden you can give it to me uh if you want a spicier one you can find yourself some bookers or mictors um but yeah you give me bourbon i will drink it uh papa jack hooked me up with a nice 40 pounder of maker's mark so uh, i'll be uh, satiated for the next couple months so i'm good there (laughs) um so if you ever need a drink and you need a bourbon let me know um all right uh two final things um what do you think is going to be the biggest storylines for 2022
1: oh man this is tough Uh, i'm going to try to keep this as 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 positive as possible but the first one i will say the biggest storyline will be how can the national lacrosse league bounce back from this short pause we have that's going to be the biggest storyline and that can go either way Besides that, what I think will be the biggest storyline will be, you know, the growth of the game of lacrosse heading into the next season because of the NLL um, on TSN and on ESPN. But I have to keep going back and maybe it's my pessimistic brain going back to how will the league bounce back after this short pause? Are they going to be able to battle through, get a season, whether it's a shortened season, or maybe it's just this two-week hiatus, or maybe they do a bubble season, um, you know, in the summer, which we cannot have happen. (laughs) No, we need it to continue as soon as possible because there's just so much momentum. But I think that will be the biggest storyline.
0: Yeah, honestly, I completely agree. I think the biggest story is is can we finish the season? Can we get it in? Um, If we can, amazing. If we can't. How do we react to not having a season? Um, what's the contingency plan? Uh what's the backup plan? What's the backups backup plan? Um because it it just it just can't happen for, for our sanity as broadcasters, it just can't happen for the player sanity, for the fans, for staff, um, for everything we've been through through the last 20 months. Let's just all keep our fingers crossed, pray to whoever you pray to light some candles, burn some sage, whatever you need to do. Let's all make sure we can get through this season healthy, happy, and we can finish come June, July, whenever it may be, because um, it needs, we need to play lacrosse. We need to play a full season and we need to see Pat Gregoire make his TSN debut. (laughs) I need to see it, my man. I need to do.
1: I'm. I mean, obviously, I'm. Oh, well, it's not a big deal nervous. for you. Whatever. It's. It's nothing. No, no. You're, not, no, excited. you're no. not excited
0: or anything about it, are you?
1: I'm. I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> but it's hard to get excited when you don't know. Thinking you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Especially the first game's in Buffalo. Like.
0: Yeah. Right. You know, yeah.
1: Across the border. Like, what's that situation going to be? But I'm. I can't wait. Like, I'm. I hope everything. Fingers crossed. We all figure this out. Uh, and you know what? If that game has to get postponed. We have another full schedule out. So it's going to happen eventually. It's just what, what the game will be. So, um, and if it could be that that game next week in Bannon land, boy, I'm going to be fired up for it. I
0: can't um, wait. Some other things to, to maybe watch out for. Um, what's the PLL TV going to deal going to be like, uh, in 2022, what are they going to do is I believe their deal with NBC sports is up. Um, the Vegas naming, obviously that's going to be important. Will we continue to expand? Where will we go? Um, and can we get more Americans having successful seasons in the indoor game? Um, we don't have any box bets this week, but your boys over at cool bet did post some updated odds to make the finals Is that cause we were kind of talking about it a couple weeks ago. That's uh,
1: exactly why <laughs> they decided to do that. So to avoid any confusion, because I know there was, and you know, no worries because it, it can be, you know, skewed either way, but we talked about it to clinch the east division or to clinch the west division means to come in first in regular season and win the division title. So the folks at Coolbet, what they did to avoid this confusion, now that you have two options to reach the finals of the National Lacrosse League League Cup final. Sorry, I should say, um, is up there as well. So now if you didn't want to bet on the regular season East or West division title, you can bet on the team to win the division, which would then go on to the final
0: in the playoffs. Yeah. Halifax plus 130 is your heads on favorite. Buffalo, Toronto plus 200. Then you got Saskatchewan plus 250. San Diego plus 270. Uh, Philadelphia is in there, but then Colorado is your third highest Western division team at plus 600. Where are you sprinkling if you are sprinkling, Mr. Gregoire? Well, I don't think
1: there's a, I would say, a ton of value on this bet, but mm-hmm. eh, there's enough for me to sprinkle. Saskatchewan Rush plus 250. I really, really like this bet. I know they're the odds on favorite for the West to win, um, but just the way that they've been playing, you know, even though they're one and two, they really could easily be three, you know, there's no reason they couldn't. Obviously Adam shoot is a little bit concerning, but the fact that they haven't hit the panic button yet shows me that they have full faith in them. And with that management, that coaching staff, if they have faith in them, I have no reason to doubt him as well, but I will kind of hedge my bet with some of the best value in the West. And that's, Fifteen to one, the Vancouver Warriors Ooh. to reach the NLL Cup final. We talked about them a lot already. How I like the way they're playing right now, uh, and I just love the value on this pick here. Uh, throw ten bucks down, you win one fifty. Potential return of one sixty. So, just like the value, the way they're playing, I think the way they're playing is sustainable. So, I think uh, they have a chance to maybe knock off Saskatchewan. But if I have two West bets
0: there's a good chance it's going to be San Diego and it's the one team that I didn't bet. And they'll make it to the final and I won't win any money. Now just remember that, you know, the first round is a single game knockout, but the division finals and the finals are two of three. So now you have to be the team two times Mm -hmm. to get to that final. Mm -hmm. So then we have to, as we get there, you know, seeing how, you know, the season plays out, you know, if it is Saskatchewan, Vancouver, depending how things work, can Vancouver beat Saskatchewan twice? Who has home floor? you know all that stuff will come into play so um i like van like plus that? 150 i like san diego plus 270 um so lots of good there stuff out go. there but you know next week fingers crossed we have games we'll get you our full uh boosted parlay and our and our box bet box bets locks and all that stuff but alas we are here um one and, final and of, st- and of oh, course yeah. oh and of course right
1: Yeah. World juniors can't bet on that anymore. And just to let you know, if you haven't checked out our Twitter, if you are using cool bet uh, and you have maybe some futures placed, all those open bets, whether it's futures, whether it's, you know, whatever it may be, those bets will be void. You'll get your money back. So you can use that on something else. If you haven't joined cool bet, um, but you know, you're not too sure there's no NLL games in the foreseeable future on the website Now there's no world juniors. Maybe your NHL team's not playing. Well, there's a lot of other things you can bet on. College basketball, uh, NCAA bowl games. We've got the college football playoff starting this weekend. Um, You know, the NBA is still going. Yes, the NHL is back. Believe it or not, we're finally getting games trickling back. So there's a lot other options at coolbet.com. So if you want to get in on the action and, and you want to be a cool better, sign up. Hit that deposit button. Type in otcb and we will double your deposit up to 200 dollars canadian terms and conditions do apply and teddy as we always say
0: stay cool bet responsibly um okay this final piece of um information uh was before your time on joining us here on otcb but i hadn't Started a fantasy pool with um some current NLLers and some former NLLers. Mike McCullough started it up. It's called the Pat Merrill Invitational. Um, there's uh, 10 of well, us. I've Casey. heard
1: I I've heard the, of the PMI. Don't worry. Yeah, I've yeah, yeah. heard
0: Casey Powell, Maddie Alrich, Kurt Wagger, Matt Vince, Jordan Hall, Jamie Rooney, myself, Bill Greer, uh Patty Merrill. Um I'm trying to think of who am I forgetting, but anyway we had a deal that the loser um, of the pool whoever finished last would have three minutes to tell us all why he was brutal. Um, And then the winner would get 10 minutes to come onto the show and brag about, why they were so great. So we already know Jordan hall is finished dead last or finished last actually in a tie with Casey Powell. They were both four and 10, but Halsey had less points. He had only 1,715 points. Throughout the year, but the final and then the semifinals, we had some major upsets, Patty. Let me tell you in week 16, in our playoffs, uh, it was um, upset city as Matt Vince knocked off myself. Kurt Wagger knocked off Billy Greer, who was the number one seed throughout most of the season. Wow. And so we have a goaltender duel and two guys that were teammates together. And Kurt Wagner and Matt Vince going for all of the glory in the Pat Merrill Invitational. And at first glance, as we look at it, I yeah, think what's the, what's the projective? What do we what projective? do we have? Oh, and just so you know, these guys are were, came in as the seventh and sixth and seventh seeds. Wow! And Kurt Wagner's team named Patty Pat Madeline a Pat Madeline a mist. <laughs> Uh, is the favorite owner over Vino's fantasy football team, 166 to 143? And you'd be happy sorry. to know that Wags has Josh Allen as the starting QB, oh. along with Stefan Diggs.
1: Oh, Wags by a billion! Then they've they've got the Falcons this weekend at home.
0: He I'm doesn't sorry. have anybody I mean, in his COVID list. He's looking pretty healthy. I, I, well, percent I mean to
1: win that could that could change at any moment, knowing how things have been progressing in the NFL. But and, uh, they have they have some different.
0: Yeah, rules Billy Greer's got like a forty point edge in in uh, the third place game over me. He, like I said, he was first place pretty much all year long. But you never know, upsets can happen. So next Sorry, week, before hold on, hold on, oh, before we get going, uh oh, can you can you tell me Vino's
1: fantasy name again? Was it just Vino's, Vino's fantasy fan-
0: football team? <laughs>
1: Yeah. That is awful. That is so bad. It's good. I love
0: it. Uh, yeah. Let's. What were what were the team names in our league? We had uh, Bill. Oh, Bill Greer's was the best. Just Bill the Thrill Greer.
1: <laughs> Can't beat that.
0: Uh, Aldrich's Maddie Ice 03, Uh Rooney was rolling with Mahomes. Patty Wagon Vino Fantasy Football Team. Pat Mantalana missed Maestro's Buttes Twenty Two Easy and Merrill's Cavs. <laughs> uh, so, if all goes according to plan, uh, in the next couple weeks we'll have Jordan Hall on um, so we can roast him about his team, but also we'll talk to Halsey uh, about the swarm. And then we'll either have Matt Vince talking about his legendary career um, and being with the Buffalo Bandits, or talk to Kurt Wagner um, about being one of the greatest backups of all time and one of the last goalies to fight in the national lacrosse league. So we'll have uh, yes. lots to talk about uh, with all those guys when the time happens, but um, that kind of brings us uh, to the end of the show, kind of brings us to the end of 2021 here on the off the crossbar podcast. Obviously, first of all, Patty, thanks for hopping on and joining the crew this year. We look forward to doing amazing things uh, alongside you this year, my man. Uh, it's been a long time coming to so happy that we're doing it. Um, but of course, uh, we're nothing without our guests. We're nothing without you, the listeners, our sponsors, um 2021 has been a very weird year for everybody and let's just all hope fingers crossed for health and happiness for all of you um all of your loved ones all of your loved ones patty um to everybody uh, throughout the world let's hope we can uh, beat this thing and get back to watching games in 2022 everybody can healthy and happy crowned champion in january or in june
1: i couldn't have said it any better myself daddy just uh, everyone stay safe stay positive positive. 2021 was tough let's make 2022
0: the best year that we have had in many years Uh, you can find him on twitter at pgreggy. i am at teddy jenner the show at otcb underscore podcast or find us on instagram at otcb podcast Uh, once again it's been absolutely fantastic bringing you as much information as we can throughout the year hopefully in the new year we can have positive things to talk until we speak again stay safe and be excellent to each other. I am an